You are an idiot. Yes, your policy is compounding, but guess what? It's compounding regardless if you use that. To me, anybody that's preaching you should run all your money for your bills for your policy should lose their license. You make that problem worse when you start adding interest expense on top of it. Your life insurance policy can enable that decision. 100%. It's complete insanity and irresponsible. Do you have a framework when someone says, Chris, like, when should I use my policy? When should I not? Sometimes math just doesn't matter. But here's the deal, it's not the policy that made me money in that environment. It was my ability to negotiate. And once you have a value of control, it's ultimately really easy. So now here's where it gets trickier. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with I'm here with Chris Kirkpatrick, Life 180. We're here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Saturday and it's past 10 p.m. and it is an <laughs> honor to talk to you about life insurance. And, and really, anytime I'm in Phoenix and, and you're here, which you're gonna be leaving here soon, which is kind of crazy but to think about. you have to come to the DR. Let's do that. Um, I just like, what, what, I, what I just love having conversations with you. And like, these are the type of conversations that we'll have. And the yeah. cool thing is, we can hit record and just talk and, yeah. and not change at all. Mm -hmm. And maybe one or two people can totally. bring value. And that's yeah. like super cool that we, we live in a world like that. I, love it. I have had lots of conversations with people in the space about mm -hmm. infinite banking, borrowing. There's, there's so, I wouldn't say confusion. There's just a lot of people saying a lots of things. There's mm -hmm. people that are saying like, hey, the, the goal is to be the bank to recapture interest, which I still am trying to figure out how that actually works. And then and then the whole goal, and, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but it's like you want to use your policy for everything, mm -hmm. which, and then we'll use math, I'll just say that, we'll use math and be like, okay, you put your money in your policy, you buy all these things, you're paying yourself back. And what I have done in the past is I like to have conversations and just say like, here's my perspective. I would actually use a bank in certain scenarios. Like this is this is my framework. And so before me sharing my framework, because if anyone's watched any of my videos, they probably know how I think about this. I wanna turn this on you and say, Chris, what is your framework? Number one, two, when you think about infinite banking, when you think about being your own bank when, with life insurance, number one, how do you explain that? And number two is if someone comes to you and says, when should I use my policy or, or what should I use my policy on? How do you answer that? or what is the framework of how you teach people how to think about that? I just asked you 25 questions, Yeah. but I just like, this is, the kind of, this is the kind of conversation I would love to flesh out, <clears throat> yeah. but I wanna kind of tee it All up right. for you. Um, and if so. you don't know this guy, he has an amazing channel <laughs> and you should definitely go follow him. And uh, he likes to, he likes to come after some people in the you space. Know, and so I, I like to just watch on the sidelines and say, good job. <laughs> <laughs> he, he text messages me like, bro, you went there? Yeah, yeah, like, I was like, wow. Uh, so, um, all right, so here's what I would say is um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like certain sales phrases like take over the banking function yeah. of your life, which is a big in infinite banking thing. And I, it's not that I don't agree with some of the, I don't know, the sentiment behind it. Um, and, I, and I get the idea, but I think it's irresponsible um, to run wholeheartedly with the principle that we want to eliminate banks and that we're going to be able to that we're going to be able to eliminate banks and keep full of financial efficiency in our life right right so from that perspective like it it bugs me you know like the idea of like hey i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna use a policy loan every single time i want to buy a car every, every single time i want to you know i mean some people are preaching like pay all your bills through these things and like it's it's complete insanity yeah. and irresponsible and to me, anybody that's preaching you should run all your money 
for your bills for your policy should lose their license. That's my opinion. Like that's just like that's not, uh, yeah. not practice. I don't think you're doing anyone a favor, and yeah. <clears throat> the insurance company doesn't like you. And it ultimately, yeah. I don't think the math works in your favor. It, it doesn't. And yeah. so, so there's that. Um, I, I look at it this way: is like um, the more money, I, the one thing that Nelson Nash said that I love yep. is that the more money you have in a whole life policy, the more opportunity has a way of tracking you yeah. down. Which rule. 100%. The gold make the rules. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but I got news for you. It doesn't have to be in a whole life policy. You right. could have you could have all your money in the bank account and guess what? You're still yeah. gonna have opportunity to track you down because people that have access to massive amounts of capital yep. have opportunity, right? Now we have to have a conversation of like, if we're gonna have safe capital that's liquid, where are the best places to keep it? And I could make a really strong argument for whole life insurance yeah. when it when it comes to getting that dollar to perform multiple functions and looking from a long-term perspective and all these things. Okay, yeah. so let's agree on that. So, so, so far we're agreeing that life insurance is an amazing safe asset that gives your dollars more than one job. So yeah. like you could justify why your yeah. money would be better there than mm-hmm. like in a savings account when you look at 30 years, when you look at sure. all the benefits. Sure. So now the question is, all right, Chris, I've been told that I, if I use my policy, I'm gonna be like, become more of a banker. When yeah. should I use my policy? Yeah. Um, Cause this is so, where I see a so, lot of people getting tripped up on or a yeah. lot of questions that I'm getting. I look at, yeah. yeah. I, I look at it this way. I, I like to use my, um, my policy as a filter, right? For making decisions, right? So I, in a way, um, I talk a lot about financial structure, right? And the importance of building your foundation and then Yep, you talk in the pyramid, right? And then you build, you build your financial house in a certain way. And as you build your foundation, you can start taking more risk and then more risk and then more, you know, like, yeah. and then, you know, and, and you're diversified in the right way. And that risk can be, you know, it's a whole conversation that's an hour long, but, but here's the deal. It's a filter having your money in a policy because now you can say like, all right, based on how much money I have in there, it's A, a filter and it's B, gonna make you a better consumer because it's gonna force you to yeah. become more. It gives you it gives you leverage, right? Yeah. Like, so if I, let's just say I had $100,000 in a policy, yeah. right? And let's just say I wanted to buy a $70,000 car, right? I could go down and I could like, an infinite banker would say, yeah. No, just go. You get a six percent policy loan. Pay yourself back with that seven. Pay yourself back. You know, pay yourself back. But here's the problem: you're going to pay a six percent policy loan, but your dividend's going to be under six percent. Right. You know, you're not. There's no arbitrage. So there, there's no arbitrage. Yep. Right. And 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 I think because of the fact that we lived in a, a forty year period where there was the potential to be arbitrage, even though it wasn't really working that way. But yeah. You know. Uh, simplistically, it was misrepresented yep. as having positive arbitrage in the way. Um, even if you could get positive arbitrage, if, if I could go to a bank, right? Yep. I could go to a dealership. I, I did this with my, my travel trailer, you know, that I yep. pulled behind my Jeep. I went in and they wanted $30,000 for it. They tried to give me a loan at 4.9% for $26,000. And they're like, we're giving you a great deal and we're gonna get you a great deal on financing. But then I was able to use my policy loan yep. and I was able to go get it for 19.9, yep. right? It's amazing. And granted I was paying 5.3% on yep. the policy loan to get the 19.9, but then you're able to refinance the 19.9, put the money back in the yeah. policy and, and Yeah, and, you and know, the actual and, interest rate that they charge you is far greater because yeah. the cash price was a lot higher. 100%, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's all baked into the equation. And so like, 
the re- what I love about having the money in a policy is it gives you leverage to be a better consumer. And but here's the deal: it's not the policy that made me money in that environment. It was my ability to negotiate. Right. It was my ability to know the game, to know that I had this asset. And it put me in the driver's seat. It put right. me in the power position. Because let's face it, most people, when you go in to buy a car, or like, and I, I went in and I did this the other day because I got to sell my Jeep and I went and test drove uh, brand new Jeep Gladiators, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And so when we're in there, you know, we walk into the dealership and I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they're negotiating back and forth with me, you know, and, yeah. and we're playing this cat and mouse game. You know what I mean? But I know like what the deal is and I know like what I have at my disposal. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're trying to get me to go fifty nine thousand dollars for this Jeep Gladiator. And before you knew it, we were at forty four. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Think and, about it. And you like, could go there because you had access to capital. Exactly. Yep. The problem is most people go into these environments and you're on your heels, right? Yep. Like you're you're not coming from a position of power and a good foundation. And so you don't have any leverage. Yeah. Do you have a framework when someone says, Chris, like, when should I use my policy? When should I not? Um, not really, because like, I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think um, there's life and then there's math. Right. And, yeah. and sometimes um, sometimes math just doesn't matter. You know, like I, I could look at it like. Um, for big things, uh, you know, math uh, might say, hey, um, I got a 2.9% interest right. rate on my mortgage for my house, yeah. right? So math would say, and my my traditional, it's funny, I was just having this conversation like an hour and a half before you got here mm-hmm. with somebody at a party. Mm-hmm. And, and math would say, never pay this house off, yeah. right? Like you got this asset, the, the 2.9% yeah. interest on this house is yeah. the asset. But now I'm looking around the world. I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm looking around the world, looking at the World Economic Forum, looking yep. at Klaus Schwab, looking at BlackRock, looking mm-hmm. at all these things. And I'm going, wow, there's like, there's really something going on where BlackRock bought 44% of the houses, you know, mm-hmm. in 2022, single family homes on the market, 44% were bought by private equity. And I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of a scary thing. And, and there's a lot of, talk around that. So my mindset now goes beyond the math and it goes to the emotional. Like, I just want to have my house paid off Hmm. because if you have a mortgage on your house, you don't own it. And so like mathematically I go, Ooh, eh." like, yeah, doesn't make any sense. But now I just want to have my house paid off. Yeah. Like, cause emotionally I'll feel safer. Right. Yeah. And so when it comes to your policy loan, there are some times where it's like your policy loan might save you money. Right. You know, or maybe, maybe just save you peace of mind. Might save you peace of mind. Maybe you need the flexibility. Maybe yeah. there, there could be a lot of reasons. And you have to judge like, when is that the right time for you? Yeah. And there are times where for me, um, having access to capital is everything. Yeah. If you use your policy loan, you lose access to capital. Yeah. Right. But if you leverage the banking system, and this is the problem with yeah. infinite banking, yeah. is that by telling everybody, to always use the bank, uh, your, your policy and take over the banking function in your life, you're constantly leveraging everything you have, mm-hmm. right? Instead of using other people's money, right? And when, when, you're, when you're using your policy, you know, like if I have $100,000 and I use 70% of it, yeah. like I've, that's, 
I've, that's an, there's an opportunity cost yep. to not having access to that $70,000, yep. right? And so if I'm, if, you know, if I'm doing that on a car, like that's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now there's going to be a give and a take. Like if I could pay 5% in my policy loan and I'm paying 12% for an auto loan, like yeah. maybe, maybe the number, like I would argue just don't buy the damn car. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't know. Like, so I, I would say it's, um, I don't really have a framework. Here's the here's the thought process that I have, and I would just love to flesh this out with you. So cash sure. flow. Cash yeah. flow is, I think we both agree that from a financial standpoint, cash flow is very, very important. The way that I see it is your money, once you have cash flow, can really do one of two things. It can be saved, which is a verb for something in the future, yeah. or it can be gone, consumed. I'll just use consumed. And yeah. consumed is like, this could be Starbucks, this could be paying the IRS. This yeah, could taxes, be anything. Taxes, whatever. It's just money going out for lifestyle. Right, in life. right. And so, the, and then, so then money saved is a verb and hopefully we're making future cash flow. We get that, right? Saving is a hopefully we're creating more cash flow with our savings. Saving to invest. Yeah, saving to invest. But ultimately, what, another way of saying investment is buying future cash flow. Sure. So the way that I see it is like when we talk about life insurance, I think of, okay, I want a safe, like your money's got to reside somewhere. This is where like when yeah. you're saving, it's got to, it could be in a checking account and you could go invest it. But like, and we have lots of videos on both of our channels on like the benefits of life insurance. Sure. Life insurance, when it comes to the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, so many reasons why mm -hmm. you would want to save or store your money in the life insurance versus other assets. Totally. What I see is almost two sections. When I think of savings, this is not life insurance, but I happen to do this in my life insurance policy. A lot of our clients happen to do this in their life insurance policy, but we could just think about this as a checking account at, at this point. <laughs> sure. there's, there's really two forms of savings. There's an emergency, and mm -hmm. everyone has a different tolerance here. Like I tend to be like more aggressive when it comes, like I want a year's worth of like expenses off the table because it allows yeah. me to show up more powerfully in business. It allows me to yeah. like take business risk when I know mm -hmm. it's like, hey, if this all goes south, yeah. our mortgage will still get paid. But that's, and that's what I talk to people about all the time is align your money with your values and beliefs. And for you, one of your values is creation and the ability Correct. to, and right? I would not be an authentic yeah. creator if I yeah. if next week's mortgage was based on this video performing well. Right. Like I could totally. care less if this video doesn't do well. It's not going to change my financial life right. at all. Right. Um, whereas if I was like t like it would just I would show up differently if I like needed the money. Mm -hmm. So like building an emergency fund is so important. Yeah. And I I just believe everything in your financial life gets better. That's why people go into credit card debt and all that stuff because they have no margin. Sure. Everything above this is what I call the opportunity. Yep. Okay. So this is, so O for opportunities. And yep. so this is where it's like, okay, you tell me what your investments are. Is it, is it the stock market? Is it real estate? Is it private equity funds? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it a business? Is it education? Is it uh, crypto? Whatever, whatever it is, not mm -hmm. investment advice, by the way, just like what, whatever activity that is. And then, and then the question is, it's like, okay, um, uh, then it then it comes down to what's the best way to invest in these in these deals? Mm. Um, is it taking this money and going directly, or is it going through a policy? And and then it ultimately comes down to like, okay, if I'm going to invest in real estate and I can only get four percent, but I'm 
paying 5% to make 4%, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. Like that's a negative 20%. So it's like, mm -hmm. what I love what you said about being a filter is this allows me to be like, okay, this creates a cost of capital because there's an opportunity cost of whatever I do. Yeah. So I have to make sure I'm gonna use this money to invest. Mm -hmm. I gotta make sure that there's a greater arbitrage and it has to be worth my time. Mm -hmm. This is another question is like, yeah. if, I'm, if, if it costs me 6% to borrow and I can earn 10% over here, I personally, Caleb Williams, is not gonna say yes to that. Because right. why would I, knowing what I know, tie up money, take some of this, tie some of this money that's gone for 10%. But it's not, yeah, I mean it's, it's- I'm talking as an entrepreneur, Caleb. Like yeah. mathematically that works. For me, I value control more than that 4%. Sure, of course. So, so we have to understand what your value of control is. So this is like the framework for investing. So now we go over here and say, okay, Consumption is important. Like this ultimately, well, we like to downplay. Do you want to say something? Well, I would say this too, just to kind of double down on that point is you say that, I say that. And the reason is because our ability and let's just say our intellectual property yeah. ability and our ability to build businesses Correct. and whatever, our threshold for control. return yeah. and control is much higher than most people's. Yes. Because if I, like, if I can't grow my business, by 20% yeah. a year, I consider myself a colossal failure. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. that's just, well, and, and just to you be know full, what I mean? fully and transparent, so. like our goal this next year is to double our business. That's a hundred percent return. And so for me, it would be very hypocritical for me to say, I want to do this over here, but I'm going right. to tie up my capital, right. which is yeah. allowing me to show up powerfully in my business for 10%. Right. But what I'm also not saying is you might be watching this and being like, Caleb, like, the only other alternative I have is the market. And so then I'm like, okay, not giving you investment advice, but I would be having a totally different tune right. when it comes to that. Right. At the end of the day, for me, it's like, if you're gonna use your policy on a, an asset, make yeah. sure that it actually, it ultimately is getting you a greater return than the cost of borrowing. Yeah, And like, it, there's nothing magical. Like you are an idiot if you're paying 6% and earning five, trust me, you're not making yeah. money. Yes, your policy is compounding, but guess what? It's compounding regardless if you use that. Yeah. It's, it's compounding regardless if you use that. You just did a dumb investment and increased risk. Right. And it's costing you more. So, so it's like, I don't like the whole, like, yes, your, your, your policy is compounding, but it's always compounding. It's going right. to compound regardless if you invest or not. Yep. So, so this is so, so the investment right. framework is your investment needs to earn greater, but then you also need to value control. So mm -hmm. you have to have a value of control, which is fluffy, but then the, mm -hmm. the thing that's really clear is like your investment has to be greater than what your cost of capital is. Otherwise your, your equation is not going to be positive. So now here's where it gets trickier. Mm -hmm. It's e this is easy because it's math. Yeah. And once you have a value of control, it's ultimately really easy. Okay. Sure. The, the thing he, over here is consumption. Consumption is a very interesting thing because we sometimes downplay it, but ultimately this is your life. This is your lifestyle. And so I have kind of come 180 on this because, you know, first idealistic Caleb is like, you know, you should make your lifestyle as skimpy as possible, like all this stuff. And, and the more I live, I'm like, man, like this is your life. Like this is your your diary that you're like, this your, your life is a, a white canvas that you're painting. And sure. so it's like this, you we're whole our whole deal is like be intentional, yeah. be intentional with your one life. Yeah. So the idea is like, who am I to say what you should do over here? Um, I'm a firm believer that this there's a ratio here. And at the end of the day, like 
if you're all your life is consuming, like it's not going to end well. Eventually it's going to catch up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But over here, a lot of what people say when it comes to life insurance is like, go borrow for vacations and, you know, cars and cars could be an asset, but I'm just going to put it over here. And like maybe homes are over here because it's a part of your lifestyle. And, and so what a lot of people are teaching is like, hey, take from your policy and like go on vacation, buy cars. Like you're gonna get rich when you buy cars with your policy, pay off your home and pay yourself back. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, I view all these and we need to put a value on everything. And which is tough is like, what's the value of your marriage? Yeah. Put a value on it. What's the value of going on vacation? Like you could, you could literally say like, I will produce so much more. I will get a raise at work. My, my, like a divorce is expensive and stuff. So put a value on it. Yeah. But what I'm, my whole thing is we can't divorce ourselves and it use bad math from lifestyle to investments. Like we ultimately need to put a value on what we're doing because regardless of going on that vacation, whether you use a policy or not, you're investing your time and money into that activity. There's a, there's a cost, not just there, but it's going to compound. So all I'm saying is my framework is, Make sure when you use your policy that the result, whether it's over here or over here, is greater than the cost of using using your money. Mm -hmm. And so, like for example, like even a car, they like you just have to make sure that the result is greater than the cost. And so for right. me, the last thing I'll say is if I had another institution over here that would allow me to get cheaper access to money. I'm taking this all day long, especially if I get to keep more control. And remember, it's not affecting my ability to save more. What I 100% agree with everyone that's teaching infinite banking and all that stuff is like, you want to maximize the money going to your life insurance policies. Mm -hmm. We all agree. Sure. But my whole deal is like, technically, if I can get cheaper money over here, like 4%, hypothetically, right. I could have more control. And technically, the money I'm saving, I could put more into here if I wanted. So I actually, if we actually want to do mathematics, yeah. you could you could make the argument that you could save more. You could have more money into whole life insurance yeah. by taking other people's money if it was positioned properly. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, like that's it, that's the framework of it, like. It, it does make sense. I'll, I'll take it another level um, in, in the sense that if you if you're using your policy here for everything, right? Yeah. And and you're using it for vacations and cars and homes, and it's like you're funding it for that, and you're using it for all your investments, and you're you're eliminating the banks and you're eliminating yeah. credit cards yeah. and you're eliminating all this stuff. I've got news for you. We live in a world <laughs> yeah. where everything is based on credit and debt. Totally. You are not gonna create credit doing this. No. Like you're, you're never gonna, gonna build a big enough credit score to be able to build your credit score high yeah. enough to get good leverage and good rates and well, you, the ironic thing is you need banks to even make this work. I know. Like, like soccer, like at you. The end of, like, it, yeah. it, it's crazy, like when you yeah. really think about it. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just look at it as, first of all, you should never finance any of that crap. Like, but I mean, you're, cars but you're maybe. You're financing if you're using cash. I mean, you know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the but opportunity cost of cash. But you're saying you should not take but, a policy but loan I, for but a car. I'm saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't leverage a bank loan or, you know, there are certain things, yep. lifestyle, that are just gonna come with an opportunity cost. Right. Right? That's just the way it is, guys. Like, you're gonna have an opportunity cost of, you know, uh, of how often you wanna go out to eat, right. of, of, you know, the house that you wanna live in, right. of the cars you wanna drive, 
of the schools you want to put your kids in, mm. of the activities you want to put your kids in, get ready, of the of the of the vacations you want to take. Yeah. This is all lifestyle stuff that you just have to like just get used to the fact that there's there's an opportunity cost. When you right. spend the dollar on that, you don't just lose that dollar, you lose the, the ability for that dollar to yeah. earn for you for the rest of your life. Okay, that's fine. You make that problem worse when you start adding interest expense on top of it. Because now you're not just losing by paying cash for that dollar, you're adding in yeah. and paying another 4% on top of your $10,000 vacation. or. $2,000 vacation, whatever, $500 weekend vacation. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It all is relevant and scalable to whatever income bracket you're working with. And right. so that's what I, that's just what I look at is like, principally speaking, I, I think lifestyle, figure out what lifestyle you're good with, yeah. right? Figure yeah. out what you're comfortable with, create your own, um, uh, P and L like personal yeah. P and L, you know, I, I look at it as like, I hate the word budget. Yeah. Um, because I think it's just very scarcity mindsetted. And I think um, nobody likes to budget because I think it's all about restrictiveness. Yeah. Yep. And I, I love a, a personal P&L statement. And the reason is because it, it's more of a business mindset thing. Mm -hmm. Every entrepreneur, every business owner looks at a P&L and we, we're just, it's profit loss. Like what are the inflows? What are the outflows of the business, right? Like, and so you can look at that and, you, and, and the, the purpose of a P&L is to know what to measure to focus on being able to grow, hmm. right? And so that's why I just kind of coach all my clients to like, you got to build a personal P&L. You have to understand what that looks like. And as you're doing that, your lifestyle, you can intentionally now choose. The problem is most people don't choose intentionally enough. They make yeah. an emotional decision. They yeah. want to go buy a specific car that's probably too big of a car than, the, yeah. than they would have made. Not saying it's right or wrong, but it's probably a more expensive car than you would have chosen if you sat down and were intentional yeah. about a process. That's good. Right? And and debt can enable bad decisions. 100%. Your life insurance policy can enable bad decisions. 100%. So, but, yeah. it, it, you know, but if, if you're doing the P&L, <laughs> on top of everything, right? To like yeah. really filter through. And then you just have the the policy based yeah. on the fact that it's there, it's gonna empower you to show up differently in those transactions, yeah. right? It can be a filter that you run things through that it at least gives you a control, right? right? It's the control that right. you can compare everything against and be like, is it good or bad compared to this? And then you you have a, a a foundational negotiating kind of place to start from yep. with everything you do, and then you can kind of go from there. Yeah, and my whole deal is this cash flow. Yeah, should always just increase. Like you, the way that you should build your financial model is like whatever you're saving today, you should figure out a way to be continue to save more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And a red flag will be when your lifestyle or anything, investments or anything limit your ability to continue to save because mm -hmm. cash flow is the thing that makes the world go around. And so it's like, mm -hmm. like this is a, this is a fun conversation because we yeah. may have confused a couple people even more, but it's like <laughs> what we're trying, what we're trying to say is like life insurance is an amazing thing and it doesn't necessarily, like we're not just saying use your life insurance to go finance all your personal stuff because you could literally, you could see where you're saving, but you're really just lifestyle. Mm. And, and you're actually like, like, yes, you get the policy, but at the end of the day, do you actually look at the math? You're, you're, it's, it's not working in your favor because right. you are charging interest. And yes, like your policy is compounding, but you're also, char you're paying the insurance company a premium to maybe do things that you probably shouldn't be doing.
Yeah, I mean, unless it, I think that all comes down to how much do you value the life insurance, and you know, from a, when you borrow against the policy, I think the the biggest thing that I you know want to make sure everybody's clear about is when you borrow against a policy. If they're the thing that I see most misrepresented on the internet is that you can borrow at five and you're getting a six percent dividend. Yeah, no, right. That's not how it works, okay? You wanna break this down? Cause this is like a- Sure, this yeah. This is like, Let's... this will be like part two. So okay. subscribe to both our channels. We appreciate the comments. I wanna know just out of curiosity, do you listen to these things at like 1.5, 2X? You actually listen to it <laughs> I totally leave I just, I just wanna know, I've never yeah. asked. Um, but I can't listen you. to myself in, in 1X anymore. I have to, I'm I 2X. Do, I do 2X, every, 2X on everything. 2X on everything. So, we I appreciate can't. you. Right. Uh, part two of this video is gonna be about um, why you don't get arbitrage with the infinite banking. Ooh, this is going to burn a lot of people. There right. you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.